My name is Tim, one of the pastors here at Brookside, and we're really glad to have all of you here with us. We know there's people that are in from out of town joining us this morning. We're glad to have you here. Know that there's people who are maybe just here for a few times. Maybe you came just for the first time last weekend at our Christmas services. Somebody invited you. or You've just been here for a couple times. We're glad to have you here. And then for all of us regulars as well, we're really glad that you're here also. And really hope that everybody had a Merry Christmas. I know Christmas services last weekend here were great on Saturday night and Sunday. Christmas Eve services were great. And then my family just had a great Christmas. We got four small boys. So that means there's a whole lot of wrapping paper and such um, that we still need to clean up maybe. But, uh, but it was a good Christmas. But now that we're officially talking about Christmas in the past tense, it's very easy, easy for my mind to, make the, to shift to think about everything that's coming up in 2016. And I think it's easy for a lot of us to do that. I mean, we start to fill up our calendars probably in some more intentional ways after Christmas than we do before the, the, the Christmas holiday because we got some time off work. It, it doesn't quite hit until we realize, i got to go back to work next week and stuff is going to be coming due. And so our, so our calendars start filling up, right? There's just the stress that goes with knowing that normal life is going to resume. If you're a student here and you've been on break, it's not going to last forever. Come January 4th or 5th, you know that school is going to start again and homework is going to start again. So, so there's that thing that we're just thinking about as we look ahead. Then obviously a lot of us are setting goals and thinking about New Year's resolutions that we want to set for 2016, things we want to accomplish. So, so, so again, I think for a lot of us, it's very easy to move past Christmas very easily. But, but the thing I want to talk to us about today is something we all know, but something we need to keep in front of us because we all kind of move past Christmas and we move past what Christmas points to as well too quickly, I think. And so, so the thing I want to talk about today is just that life after Christmas is supposed to be connected to the life we receive through Christmas and everything that Christmas offers. And we see what that life that Christmas points to, we see what that offers in John chapter 3, verse 16. Great verse, a lot of us are familiar with it, but look at how this relates to Christmas, because sometimes we don't think about it through this lens. So for God so loved the world that he gave, right? That's Christmas. God loved the world and he gave his one and only son for us, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but can have eternal life. And so Christmas is about this. Christmas is about life. And that's not just life that we dip into once a year on December 25th. That's life that we want to dip into and access and stay connected to every day throughout the year. And so that's what I'm going to be talking to us about this morning is is staying connected to Jesus that way. And uh, just a few months ago, I was reminded of why this is important through my dying iPhone. So I had an iPhone 4. This is a newer iPhone, but imagine something that looks like this. So here's my visual for the morning. Uh, Imagine that looks like this, except with like half a case and smoke coming out of it. And that would be my iPhone 4. So a couple years ago, got an iPhone 4, went through the contract. And when I first got the the new phone a couple years ago, it was great because I was finally connected to the smartphone world. And, And all the convenience that opens up. So instead of texting and like having to hit the number two like three times to get to the letter C or something like that, I could text a lot more easily. 
I have a ton of Bibles on here, which is helpful for me as a pastor. I could access email when it was convenient to access email and when it wasn't convenient to access email. All the things that an iPhone offers, I had access to. But then the last couple months before November 21st or whatever day it was that our contract expired, the last few months before that, I noticed that the charge on my iPhone 4 wasn't lasting nearly as long as it had. In fact, I couldn't even go through a full day from the time I woke up until the time I went to bed with it kind of keeping its charge during that entire time because in the afternoon or the evening, you start to see that little red 20% bar come up, right? And so you know that better keep this thing plugged in. And so I had to keep my phone consistently plugged in to keep benefiting from everything that it offers. So for me to access everything that my phone could give me, all that it offered, I had to stay plugged into it as often as I could, at least daily, but usually more than that, because I'd be plugging in my computer, my, my car, outlet at home. We had to keep it plugged in. And so in, in this, or at least in a similar sort of way, we're talking about staying connected to Jesus today. That's not a once a year type thing. We need to stay connected to Jesus often as well. We need to stay connected to the life that he gives us because staying connected to Jesus ultimately is what is going to breathe life into and energize everything else we do. And we need to hear that this morning because some of us have been following Jesus for a long time this morning. Some of us have been following Jesus for, for years or for decades. We still need to hear that staying connected to Jesus is that important. Staying connected to Jesus on a daily basis is something we never graduate from. It's not something we say, oh, I guess I can go a long time between charges now. No, we need to stay connected to Jesus even if we've been following Jesus for months, for years, and for decades. Or for others of you that, uh, that, that aren't yet followers of Christ, we still want to show you what staying connected to Jesus looks like what it involves and what it offers. Because at Brookside, we love to show people what life with God is like. We want to hold that, at, that out in front of you so, so, so that way, in case you ever make the decision to follow Jesus Christ and place your faith in him, you have a picture of what that looks like. If we get this one thing right, if we stay connected to Jesus, it's going to make a difference for everything else. It's that foundational. So if you're a student in here this morning, if you're a middle school student or a high school student or an elementary school student, staying connected to Jesus can make a difference for how you view your identity. And it will give you a better identity than anything else possibly can. Staying connected to Jesus will give you purpose that is bigger and better than anything you could script for yourself. Or if you're a parent in here, and you've got kids, whether they're elementary school age, whether they're infants, whether they're grown, you know that staying connected to Jesus Christ is a difference maker as a parent. You know how, how staying connected to Jesus, it shapes how you approach parenting, what you're trying to accomplish as you parent. And then it also builds character and change into you as a parent, giving you patience and peace and wisdom as you raise the children God has blessed you with. For, for people that work 40 or 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week, staying connected to Jesus makes a difference as well. Because then work isn't just something we approach and we get through and it's like, is it 5 o'clock on Friday yet? No. 
work becomes this thing that we see as an opportunity where we can invest in relationships and we can contribute meaningfully using all the gifts God has given us. So staying connected to Jesus makes a difference for all of those things and a whole bunch more I could mention, but the bottom line is still the same. Staying connected to Jesus makes a difference. And I've spent so much time on this trying to help us feel the difference that it makes because of what Jesus says in John chapter 15 and because of how emphatically he underlines the importance of us staying connected to him. So, so let's listen to John chapter 15, verse 5. This might be a familiar passage to some of you, but, but if you've read this before, listen for how starkly Jesus says this. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, if you stay connected to me, if you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. So stay connected to Jesus and we bear fruit and make a difference. If we're disconnected to Jesus, we can do nothing. Nothing ultimately of value. Nothing ultimately that will outlast ourselves and bring glory to God the way that things we do can bring glory to God. So what, what, what that means is if we get to the end of December, this time next year, if we get to December 20, 27th, 2016, and if we've met some of our goals, if we've made more money, or if we've made that job change, or if we've paid down debt, or if we've, if we've made that trip, or if we've, um, if we've kind of accomplished that fitness plan, whatever it is, if we've done any of those goals we're setting out for ourselves, if we've done those things, but if we don't do it connected to Jesus Christ, those things that we accomplish are built on a shaky foundation. We've missed the point. We've missed the source of life that, that can breathe fresh life into those other things in a really cool, unique, God-glorifying way. And so what I want to do is I want to spend some time uh, just unpacking John 15 for us this morning. I'm going to read through a, a good chunk of the chapter. I'm going to read through verses 5 to 17. And then what I want to do is I just want to ask two very simple but very important questions about John 15 and about what we learn about staying connected to Christ. The two questions we're going to ask are, how do we stay connected to Christ? If it's that important, how do we do it? And then why should I stay connected to Christ? What does this offer to me? And the bottom line is that we stay connected to Christ. For for myself, the prayer that I've been praying for me and the prayer that I've been praying for all of us here this morning is is that we would start to feel the answers to these questions, that that we would start to feel this growing conviction about the value that staying connected to Christ offers us. We would feel that in such a way that we leave this morning with this resolution kind of ringing in our ears, that the most important and valuable commitment I can make is to stay connected to Jesus. The most important and valuable commitment I can make. The the, the commitment that is the foundation for any other commitment I might make. That commitment is to stay connected to Jesus Christ. So let's go to John 15 together. As always at Brookside, we encourage you to follow along. You, You know the questions 
we're going to be answering in just a little bit. So, so even as I read through this, begin asking those questions yourselves as we track through the, as we track through the passage together. But stay engaged, whether that's on your, on your Bible app, on your phones, you've got a hard copy of the Bible, or up here on the screen, let's read through John chapter 15. I'm going to start picking it up in verse 5. Again, Jesus is speaking here, and he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, um, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands, and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. And so now we've seen it for ourselves. We've seen the, 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 the handful or so of times that Jesus talks in this passage about remaining in him, staying connected to him. That's what this passage is about. It's about staying connected to Jesus. But so since we know that, since we've seen that, let's jump right to our first question. So how do we do it? How do we stay connected to Jesus? I think we saw one part of our answer in, in verse 7 of what we just read, where Jesus says, if you remain in me, then look at that, and, and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, there's some cool stuff in this verse about how our immersion in Scripture and our, uh, our, our fluency in Scripture can shape and influence our prayers. But the thing that I want to zero in on this morning is just looking at the very close connection that Jesus draws between us remaining in him and his words remaining in us. And so, so the first answer we get to our question, how do we stay connected to Jesus? It's, it's, that, it's that we stay connected to the Bible. It's that we stay connected to God's word. Right? Because this book is ultimately a book about Jesus. If we're going to stay connected to him, it just makes sense that we stay connected to this book that's about him. And so the Old Testament points ahead looking towards Jesus, anticipating his arrival and all of the promises that the Messiah would inaugurate in his coming. So the Old Testament looks ahead to him. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they, they, they give us information on Jesus' life. They give us information on Jesus' teaching, what he said. They tell us about Jesus' death and his resurrection. The Gospels are about Jesus. 
And then the rest of the New Testament is about Jesus. It's looking backwards on everything that his work for us accomplished. It's continuing the mission that he started in light of everything that he's done. And so the Bible is about Jesus. If we want to stay connected to Jesus, we've got to stay connected to this book. And I love talking about this point because of how pivotal this book has been in in my own relationship with Jesus Christ. Because of how important knowing God's word has been for me. I mean, I, I love the fact that some of my earliest memories as a kid are me walking out of my bedroom, down our hallway, into our kitchen, and seeing my parents, my mom and my dad, sitting there with their bowl of cereal, having breakfast, and their Bibles spread out in front of them. I am so grateful that the example I got was seeing parents who very visibly and evidently were being shaped by God's word. I love that. I love the fact that when I was a sophomore in high school, and when God started to get a hold of me in some really evident and cool ways, my youth pastor at the time, John Alford, he saw that. And he said, Tim, if you're, if you're going to lean into this work that God is doing in your life, you've got to spend time in this book. Because if you want to grow closer to God, a primary way you do that is through knowing this book and spending time in this book and obeying what this book says. And so John sat me down in this building he gave me a Bible, gave me a piece of paper and a pen, and gave me a passage to read, and he said, okay, write down everything that you notice about this passage. Questions you have, observations you think that are cool, applications you need to make, just anything and everything that you see about this passage, write it down, and then in 30 minutes come back and talk to me. And in that 30-minute period of time, my eyes were opened in ways they had never been opened to how great and good this book is. Not as an end in itself, because through this book we meet its author and we're pointed towards Jesus Christ. And ever since that time, I have been doing everything I can to spend myself to help others feel the warmth that this book gives, to see the light that this book offers, to see the truth that this book holds out, that this book and ultimately the author of this book that these words point to, it's good. We need it. We need to stay connected to this book, to God's word, to the Bible, to stay connected to Christ. But there's more that John 15 gives us as well. So we need to stay connected to God's word. But if we want to stay connected to Christ, we also see something else in verse 10 in John chapter 15 where Jesus says, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. See this? If you keep my commands, we stay connected to Christ through obedience. That means that obedience matters. That means the way we live our lives matters. Nobody likes to be told what to do. But here we see that it's good. Obedience is good because it helps us stay connected to Christ through obedience. And I want to get crystal clear here for a couple seconds and just make sure that we all hear me say that this is not and this is never obedience to earn God's favor. This is not obedience so that God loves us. Because we know from way too many other places in the Bible, that God loves us way before I've ever taken any initial steps of obedience. God loved me before I was born. God loved us before any of us were born. We saw that in John 
God loved us and sent his son. So God loves us. But the thing is, the more we soak in God's love for us, the more that, that motivates us to respond with a life of glad obedience. The more that makes us want to give our lives to the one who gave his life for us. So, so obedience is connected to Jesus' love, not to earn it, but because of it. And I, I know myself, as, as a husband and as a dad and as a guy, there's no way I can be obedient to everything God is calling me to do as, behind, as a husband and as a dad and every, every role that we've got, right? There's no way I can be obedient to all of that without depending on the strength that God gives. There's no way I can be obedient to what God wants me to do without depending on the motivation the gospel offers, that because Jesus loves us, I can love others, and I can be a changed man. And so, so, so as I grow in obedience, there should be this corresponding growth in dependence on God as the source of my obedience, the one who ultimately breathes life into my obedience. So it's not just mechanical, but it's heartfelt obedience. And the only way I can obey that way is by staying connected to Christ. And we stay connected to Christ like that through dependent obedience. Through, through that sort of obedience. That's how we stay connected to Christ. So how do we stay connected? Through Scripture, through the Bible, and through obedience. And I can think of no better way to apply everything that we've been talking about so far this morning than this 365 reading plan and 365 series that we're looking forward to in 2016, which is just a few days away now, right? There is no better way for us to stay connected to God's word than by spending time daily in God's word. And there's no better way for us to stay connected through obedience than by staying connected to God's word and asking it every day, what's a fresh step of obedience I need to take today? So for those of you that don't know what 365 is, it's something we're, we're inviting everybody to do as our church family, encouraging everybody to do in our church family, where it's just, we're going to spend 2016 and read through the Bible. Not as an end in itself, but so that, we, so that way we might know God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. So we, we might know the, the author of the Bible that much better. And so, so this isn't just read through the Bible as fast as you can. The idea is spend time daily reading scripture and daily asking about fresh steps of obedience we can take in light of what we've been reading. And so we, we've got all sorts of things we're doing to try to help us through that. So we've got these reading plans. You can pick these up after the service. Um, th these reading plans, just take it day by day. It's big, right? I mean, I unfold it. There's a lot of days, about 365 days on here. Uh, actually, 366 because it's leap year, right? So, so there's this on here uh, that, that we want to help people know exactly what to read. Steve and Jeff are going to be preaching through God's word, which is great. And so they're going to be preaching through what we've been reading on that week. So that way as we read, we'll come back and hear teaching and a sermon based on what we've been reading I know Steve and Jeff are both excited about leading us through this. Steve and I were just talking this last week, and he was so pumped about getting started in the first few chapters of Genesis next week and everything that holds out for us. 
So we'll be helping you through the reading plan, through, through the preaching on Sunday mornings. And then also there's this great book that so many have found to be so valuable called The Divine Mentor by Wayne Cordero. I mean, I've heard it from you that so many of you have found this helpful as a very simple and very doable, uh, this gives us a very simple and doable framework for approaching God's word. So the Bible and coming to the Bible doesn't have to be intimidating and scary, but this book helps give us just an approach to come to it and say, how can we benefit from, from God's word today? These are on sale, I think for 10 bucks, right outside in the connection corner. Really encourage you to check these out as well for the, for, for the method and the, and the approach they give us. I am, I am so excited to see how God uses a whole church of people who are, who are spending time daily in his word. I'm excited to see how God will use this as just one of those formative years in our church family, kind of as a whole but also as one of those formative years for every one of us individually that tracks along with it. It's going to be so great. Okay, one more quick thing about 365, then I'm going to move on. Uh, a few of you may be wondering what translation of the Bible to use. If you've ever, kind of if you're scrolling through your apps on your phone, you know there's a lot of translations. If you go to a bookstore and look at the Bible shelf, you know there's a lot of translations to choose from. Some of you, I mean, that can be overwhelming, right? Where do we start? So the quick answer we want to give is we're not suggesting one recommendation, one recommendation for translation because we don't want people to feel like they need to go out and buy another Bible to participate in this series. So we're not going to be recommending one translation because there's just too many good English translations out there. But if people press me for an answer, I just say, hey, we're going to keep preaching from the NIV on Sunday mornings. That's what we've been preaching from. That's what we'll keep preaching from. The NIV is a great translation. Other great translations include, here's some acronyms for you, include the ESV, which stands for the English Standard Version, and the NLT, which stands for the New Living Translation. Any of these are great. If you want something that's really readable, it's more of a paraphrase than a translation, check out the message. All of these are great translations. Really encourage you to, to check those out. But but any of these translations will do what we've been talking about, right? Any of these translations will keep us in God's word so ultimately we can stay connected to Jesus Christ and experience everything that offers. All right, let's zoom back out. So, so we've been spending a lot of time talking about how we stay connected to Jesus Christ. Let's turn now and ask our second question. Why should we stay connected to Jesus? What does it offer and, and this is a really important question to ask because, because the how question focuses on methods, right? Which is important, but that's where its focus is. And, and we need to hear that we, we need to kind of push past methods to goal because if we stop at methods, we can end up in a scary spot because if you're, if you're familiar with the New Testament, you know there's a group out there called the Pharisees. They had the methods down. If you, if you just looked at external measurements of staying connected to Scripture and showing external obedience, the Pharisees were aces, comma, and they totally missed it. So, so they had the methods down, but they missed the point. And so we, we need to push past just methods and, and keep in front of us what these methods should be driving us to. We should be, we should be reminding ourselves what Staying connected to Christ offers 
Because then what that becomes is that becomes motivation to keep us coming back every day. So let's ask the question, why should I stay connected to Jesus? What does it offer? First answer is that staying connected to Jesus offers joy. We see this in John chapter 15, verse 11, where Jesus is speaking here, and he comes right out, and he says this great, this great verse. He says, I have told you this. So everything he's been saying so far about remaining in him is for this. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus says, remain in me so that your joy may be complete. And so, so for any of us that have this mistaken picture of spiritual maturity and growing spiritual maturity that makes us more and more curmudgeonly, you know, it says, man, the longer you follow Jesus, the more stern you get, and you just can't have a smile and follow Jesus. Jesus tells us in his own words, he says, uh-uh, right? No, no. Staying connected to Jesus doesn't make us angry and stern and small. Staying connected to Jesus is the thing that offers real and deep and lasting and true joy. I love the way Eugene Peterson says it. He's a pastor and an author. And so Eugene Peterson says one of the delightful discoveries along the way of Christian discipleship is how much enjoyment there is. He says there's joy, right? How much laughter you hear, how much sheer fun you find. Man, we want that to be true at Brookside. We want there to be this experience of joy. And then Peterson goes on, includes an important explanatory clarification stuff. He says, joy is not a requirement of Christian discipleship. It's a consequence. It is not what we have to acquire in order to experience life with Christ. Instead, joy is what comes to us when we are walking in the way of faith and obedience. So joy is this result of staying connected to God's word and staying connected to obedience. And as we do that, we will experience joy. It's a different kind of joy than some of the joy the world offers, but it is nevertheless true and deep and lasting joy. So Christ came to offer us joy. Christ also came to offer us friendship with God. In verses 14 and 15, Jesus says that you are my friends, you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you my friends for everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. I think we take it for granted way too much, the privilege we have in Jesus calling us his friend. Some of us have just gotten accustomed to that. And it's like, huh, okay. But are we aware of the fact that the king of creation, the master of the universe, the Lord of everything, has given us a chance to call him our friend and to call us friends? That he has made available access to, the, again, the king of creation, to the Lord of the universe, that that not everyone can have. But through Jesus, through staying connected to Jesus, we are invited into friendship with God and everything that offers in terms of a conversational, 
intimate relationship. So this doesn't change the fact that Jesus is still the king. It doesn't change the fact that we still submit to him as our Lord. But we can also approach him as our friend with all the access that that invites us into. And then last thing that staying connected to Jesus offers is that staying connected to Jesus offers fruit. We saw this all the way back in John chapter 15, verse 5, when I first read it this morning, that if you remain in me and I in you, Jesus said, you will bear much fruit. As part of my role here at the church, I work a lot with guys. And I, I, I spend time with guys over lunches at Famous Dave's or any other man-friendly restaurant of choice, right? I spend a lot of time in men's community groups, and I, I hear guys interacting over tables, and I can just picture men in my mind. I can see faces here, men who say, Tim, I want to make a difference. Tim, I want my life to count for something. I want to know that I'm leaving some sort of imprint on my kids. I want to know that I'm having a difference in my family with my wife. I want to know that, that my neighborhood notices me. I want to know that something about the way that, I, that I'm doing my work at work, it makes a difference. It counts for something. And when I hear guys talk this way, when I hear guys say, we just want to make a difference, that's man language for us just saying, we want to bear fruit. And this is all of us. This isn't just men. I think we all want to make a difference. We all want to see the, the splash of our lives and that ripples that affects other people. And what Jesus tells us here in John 15 is so important. I'm going to start pulling people back to this passage more and more. Because Jesus says here, if you want to bear fruit, if you want to make a difference, don't focus on bearing fruit. If you want to bear fruit, focus on staying connected to me. Because that's what he says in John 15, 5, right? If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Let's focus on what we can control, right? Let's focus on making the decision daily to stay connected to Jesus. And then trust that in God's good and sovereign, gracious decision, in us and through us, he will see fit to bear fruit the way he chooses to see fruit born in us. Right? And so sometimes this fruit gets born in us in terms of character, in terms of virtues being shaped internally in us. That's the fruit of the Spirit that Paul talks about in Galatians 5. That's love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want those things, right? I want to be more peaceful, more joyful, more loving, more self-controlled. I just had four boys open up weapons for Christmas, right? I mean, they got like these Nerf bonus bone arrow things like that have to be shot outside because they can like break a window if you shoot it inside. So, so peace is something I want cultivated in me, right? We should want these, these virtues to be worked inside of us and then showing itself outside of us the way we respond to others. But then we want this fruit to be shown outside of us in terms of the impact that our actions make as well, knowing that the things that we start and the things we contribute to, some of those things might even last, outlast, I should say, ourselves. Fruit doesn't always show up as often as we want it to show up. 
or as quickly as we want it to show up. But I still think we lean on God's word here. And we trust Jesus who says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. So men and women, kids, you want to make a difference? Start by abiding in Jesus, by staying connected to him. So let me circle back around to the very beginning, what I said this morning. These are the words that I started with. These are the words that I want to end with. So that way they stay ringing in our ears. And that, so that way these words become the thing that we talk about over lunch today, the things that we think about, the things that allow, uh, the, or the things that shape how we uh, form other resolutions that we're making. But so, so here's, here's what I want to keep in front of us. The most important and valuable commitment I can make today and into next year, the most important commitment I can make is to stay connected to Christ. We've seen how to do that, and we've seen why to do that. We've seen why it's important. But it doesn't change the bottom line that it starts with this most important and most valuable commitment that I make and that you can make. It's to stay connected to Jesus. Jesus himself said it. Let me just say John 15, 5 one more time. Jesus speaking says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your word by which we know um, how to experience the life that you've offered us through Christmas. Jesus, we, through your word, we know how to experience that same life after Christmas, by staying connected to you. So Jesus, we need your grace. We are so aware of how desperately we need you um, to stay in your word and to stay obedient. So Father, by your Holy Spirit and your grace working in us, motivate us to stay connected to you. And then may we experience the joy and the friendship with you and, and the fruit that that offers. So Jesus, all of this uh, needs to be motivated by your grace for your glory. And we pray these things in your name. Amen.